Hello and welcome to the Space Update, part of the Fantastic Total Space Network. Coming up on today's show, we'll be talking SpaceX, NASA's SLS, and teenagers discover four new planets. I'm your host, Ryan, and join me today is... I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. Yeah, it's just the two of us today, myself and Miko. Um, just to start off, um, Japan have got a, a new rocket coming up, uh, the new H3 rocket, um, get, getting closer to its first flight and everything. Uh, we've seen a few images of it online, uh, booster sections and various other parts. Um, seems like a good medium lift vehicle, that one. It's uh, from Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, that one. Um, good solid, solid rockets by them. Um, to give it capability of that one's about six or seven ton payload more or less depending on the orbit required and it's powered up by four little SRBs and two LE9 engines which is uh, LH2 and LOX which is liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen engines on those. Uh, total power hasn't been confirmed on that one but I'm estimating around 1.3 million, million pounds of thrust overall on that first stage. So a good new uh, rocket for Japan. Um, one of many this year. Obviously, we've got uh, SpaceX, ULA, and various other new startup companies, the likes of Skyroar and many other companies uh, launching this year. And we've also seen uh, a handful of uh, small companies launching in the past few days, haven't we, Miko? Yeah, there's been Blue Shift Aerospace who launched a small rocket. I think it was under a mile, but still a rocket launch with solid rocket booster. Uh, then there was another company, was it Lia Aerospace? Yeah, yeah, right? I believe I believe it was like um, two or three kilometers. That some of those, I don't know if it was uh, that one that we were watching the earlier on today and everything. Um, but some good little companies coming coming up through using green green and biofuels, which is in a way the way forward for a lot of the smaller companies. They they, they can all be start off uh, big like SpaceX and everything. So a lot of uh, good com rockets and coming through and everything, um, but some good news there. Um, but also uh, been a new planet discovery. Um, two Massachusetts high schoolers, um, 16-year-old Kartik, Car I believe, and 18-year-old Jasmine have helped discover new planets um, via the TESS, uh, which is the Tran Transisting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. I'll get it right. Um, that which hunts for alien worlds via transit method, um, not in tiny but tiny satellite dips in stars, brightness caused by when the orbit and planets cross the face and everything like that. Um, spacecraft perspective. Um, the team confirmed four such planets caused the dips in the light curves on HD 108236, if you've heard of it. Uh, no. Probably not. <laughs> Um, which lies about 200 light years away from Earth, so not very far, and we're probably never going to get there because obviously I think one light year takes about 35,000 years to travel in this day and, day and age. So we're not going there anytime soon, folks. So don't get your hopes up. Um, but uh, three of the four newfound worlds are gaseous planets, uh, slightly smaller than Neptune, and the fourth one is a super Earth, which is quite interesting, a rocky planet a bit larger than our own. Um, all, four, all four exoplanets lie close to that HD 108236. Don't know why they haven't come up with a simpler name for that, and who knows. Um, uh, their orbital periods range from just under four Earth days to around 19.5 Earth days to uh, orbit. And just to put that in perspective, our solar system's innermost planet, Mercury, um, in our own solar system, completes one lap around the sun every 88 days. 
So those exoplanets that are just being discovered by those two uh, teenage kids of all, of all, of all people have uh, found some planets in the incredibly fast orbits, those ones, but very, yeah. very promising. Um, yeah, I mean, usually, usually the uh, planets found with this are really short orbits because then they can confirm the found, find pretty fast when they see it again. So I think it would take years to find a planet that does plus 100 day orbits. Yeah, and we've got the likes of uh, the James Webb Space Telescope coming online and everything. So with the help of TESS and NASA James Webb, and I believe there's one or two others, forgive me, I forget the names, but there's quite a few coming online. And as those all come online, we'll probably find more and more minor planets, maybe more galaxies even deeper into space. Because as technology improves, we can see further into the depths of space, which would be uh, really, really exciting. Yeah, I think there's, after James Webb Telescope, there could be the Louvor Telescope. That's like maybe 10 years from now, minimum. That's the one they actually rendered inside a starship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those two kids have done the, uh, found the discoveries and everything. Um, I believe one of them's doing, studying applied mathematics and astrophysics, so carrying on along the lines of dis planetary discoveries, possibly. And the other's been accepted into a five-year-long master in astrophysics program at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. So not too far away from uh, our co-host, Rich, uh, up in Scotland there. Um, but uh, absolutely fantastic that kids so young are getting involved with base programs and the search for planets, really. It's just really promising that um, a lot of people are coming through the ranks and more discoveries are being made and many, many more coming up, really. Yeah, and these days it's very cool because you can actually contribute yourself by going online to a certain website that has some images from the telescopes and you can train the AI to look for the correct stars, dips, and sometimes human is better to see the differences than AI, and you may f even find a star yourself. Yeah, yeah, because you see a lot of astro astron like amateur astronomers just with their own telescopes in the backyard just accidentally finding stars, planets, and everything else, don't you? So you don't necessarily have to have multi-million pound telescope or anything like that to find something in the sky. You just need half decent telescope and point it in the right direction. You know, you know, I might find something. <laughs> yeah, I think the second uh, interstellar object that was the Borisov comet, or I know it wasn't a comet, but named Borisov, just like the Oumuamua uh, that came yeah. from outside our solar system. That was found by an amateur astronomer. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And moving on to some more news, uh, onto uh, SpaceX and everything. Just to start off on a slightly unrelated topic, um, one of the ones that was launched on the Falcon 9, Sirius XM's newest satellite, SMX, XM7, SXM7, I'll get it right, tongue twister that one, um, has actually failed in orbit. They haven't disclosed what problems have uh, gone awry and everything, but they believe that one's uh, failed in orbit after a launch on Falcon 9. I believe it was last month or the month before that one, I think. But um, it's launched on, I think, December the 13th it was launched, that one. So some something's gone awry there, but uh, not willing to dis disclose it. But uh, it was one of the Sirius XM's newest satellites 
um, suffered un undisclosed failures during orbit testing and everything. Um, company revealed in a filing that the US Securities and Exchange Commission on Wednesday disclosed that on January the 27th that it's actually failed and everything. Um, but hopefully they can find out the root of the problem just to, so that won't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not a good idea to send satellites worth hundreds of millions and lose yeah, I believe them. this one was in the realms of 200, 220 million. So big hefty insurance claim there, <laughs> depending, yeah. on, depending on what went wrong, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the full extent of the damage is not yet known and everything at this time. It's unclear where it can can actually be recovered. So it's probably that's an ongoing one. So we'll bring the latest news on that one. And I believe it, just jumping on to Starship now, um, SN9, Possibly still waiting FA approval. We've had a few TFRs here and there and everything, um, but nothing from the FA as of yet. Um, potentially Tuesday tomorrow. Um, that's the latest that we're getting from Elon and everything. Um, but whether that trans transpires into anything, who knows? But I think myself, the flight for SN9 might just roll on to Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. Yeah, I think there was actually a tweet by Christian Davenport that said that the Starship may have gotten FAA approval or may got even today US time. So flight tomorrow could be possible, but I think Wednesday is more likely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, Elon was noticeably frustrated uh, calling out uh, the FAA out on Twitter. Um, unlike its aircraft division, which is which is fine, the FAA space division has a fundamentally broken regularity stru structure. Um, so Elon hinting at that some changes need to be done to uh, get Starship to Mars by the sounds of it, because uh, one or two strings of tweets is getting a bit frustrated and everything. But um, I think it's... it's Probably going to see it more and more because you've seen seeing yourself, everyone online, the amount, the speed of the building the starships now. We've got SN9, SN10, SN11 halfway built possibly, and SN15 not too far behind. So FAA are going to have to uh, pick up the feet and get get these uh, tests done, otherwise it's just going to become a backlog because they've only got two test stands at the moment. Um, Obviously, they've got the orbital test stand, but that's not functional in any way, shape or form yet. Yeah, and kind of seems like that FAA is just not ready for SpaceX's fast innovation and trying to fly multiple times per month. Yeah, seems, yeah. Seems, that just seems to be running their old routines. <laughs> Yeah, and um, on those string of tweets, um, Stefan Powell, funny enough, from Dawn Aerospace, who we've got on in the next week or so, replied to Elon. He said, pro tip, fly your, fly your rocket as an aircraft, <laughs> which I found <laughs> quite funny because they're, they're, they're Dawn Aerospace, are a company planning to do almost like a single stage to orbit within reason, um, fly up to high altitude, then kick, kick in a rocket engine. Along the lines of Virgin Galactic and the likes of that, and that's what Dawn Aerospace are planning on doing. But single stage to orbit and everything. Just found it funny that he chipped in and said, your solution is make an aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be an interesting interview with them. Yeah, yeah, and that one's coming up uh, in the next two weeks or so, so that'll be an interesting one. Uh, but uh, 
I think we might see a static fire on SN10 because that's finally on the on the uh, test stand now before we actually see SN9 launch, I think. Because with all the holdups with the FAA, if we don't get approval, well, official approval, it, there's rumours that there is approval, but if we don't, I think they'll just go ahead and just crack on with uh, SN10, get the engines on there, do the pressure tests that are needed, and just do the static fire. So then they can turn around and say, we've got... We haven't got one, we've got two rockets ready to go now to test. Come on, meet us halfway kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that that would be awesome. But I think Elon did tweet that they will have to do cryo before uh, mounting the engines. So it would take likely a couple of weeks before SN10 is ready, even if it has the plumbing installed. Yeah, yeah. And more interestingly, as well on SN10, I don't know if you saw the actual detail on the uh, the belly side of SN10, a hell of a lot more heat shielding on that one. You could see like all the hexagon tiles on uh, a large part of the body, a good uh, metre or so of those hexagon, hexagon tiles. So it'll be quite interesting to see maybe SN10 go hop a bit higher than uh, SN9. But I believe SN9 is just doing a similar flight path to SN8 around 10 to 12 kilometers so if that's successful within reason i believe spacex might just take sn10 to maybe 15 to 20 or maybe higher just to get a bit more um heat on the uh, the belly side of that uh, rocket yeah we'll see i mean yeah sn9 will be around the same as sn8 and there is around 200 uh, heat tiles connected to sn10 at the moment and I don't think they can go to go too high with those because yeah. they don't have the whole heat shield. It may even be that they can only only test them properly with orbital flights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the heat shielding as well, I'm quite interested to see how they fit it around the the flaps and everything and the the wings or whatever you want to call it. Because the body will be easy enough. Um, some people seem to assume that the heat might just deflect off them with it being stainless steel, but this has got to be a reusable rocket, so it's got to withstand 10, 20, 50, 100 times doing the same thing, re-entering Mars, re-entering Earth. So I imagine they're going to put the heat shielding on the underside of the body and the flaps. But how they're going to do that, because they move around, and then you've got the where the body flaps join, you're going to have like a little gap and everything. So how is it going to stop the heat getting through the gaps and burning the top top half of the starship? I don't know how they're going to solve that problem because the flaps are still going to essentially move open. You've got that lever arch kind of mechanism powered by the Tesla motors and everything. So they're going to have the heat shielding on the body, but when they have the heat shielding on the, the flaps, you're still going to have that problem of the, the hinge, if you like, on the flaps. How are they going to stop the heat escaping and having air getting onto the top half of the starship? and be getting inside the the mechanism that actually moves the wings and everything it's be quite interesting to see how they uh solve that conundrum but i believe that'll be the orbital tests i believe that one so my money's on the orb first orbital re-entry going a bit wrong <laughs> yeah that's very likely and yeah, yeah it will yeah. be interesting to see how they solve all those problems with the heat shield i mean they uh, currently have all the heat shields are the same, so they are not in the same same setting with the space shuttle that had many different kinds of tiles. Yeah, yeah, and we slowly start to see the Phobos and 
Demos oil rigs and everything. Some rumors about some work beginning to start on those. I know it's being stripped down at the moment at the, the yard that they've been pulled into, but there's rumors of some construction slowly starting on those. Uh, be interesting to see, but obviously that'll be a good a good year, year and a half away before we see anything transpire from that. But um, I think the idea is that one's going to be a, potentially be a launch pad and one be a landing pad, um, because obviously they do the test stand, uh, test launches on land. But once it comes to the fully twenty eight engines of the the Raptors and everything, that's just going to be absolute monster of a rocket. So they're going to have to sea launch it. Um, which Miko covered, funnily enough, in a previous episode. So if you want to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the episode up? was yeah, the episode was last Friday and we had Felix from What About It with us speculating about the oil rig's future. Good talk. Yeah, yeah. Recommend. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, I think my guess with that is one's gonna be a launch pad and one's gonna be a landing pad for the booster. Um, how they position that for a certain orbit, I don't know whether they can, they'll be able to move them as such, but I believe oil rigs, once they're in place, you can't really move them because it's a fixed position kind of thing. It costs absolutely millions to move them, um, even back to land in the region of, I think, SpaceX rumoured to paid about 8 to 10 million just each to bring just to bring the oil rigs back to land. So they've paid in the region of 20 million just to bring the oil rigs back to land before they've even touched them. Um, so SpaceX obviously plowing a lot of money into uh, converting those, but it will all pay off because uh, once you have a reusable Starship and everything and there's super heavy booster, um, hopefully all those costs will start tumbling down, cost per launch and everything. And it won't just benefit them, it will benefit the whole space industry traveling to the moon and everything associated with that really. And once all that's set up, onwards to Mars and beyond, multiplanetary and all that. Yeah, I mean, it will be really interesting to see what they actually do with the drilling platforms. Yeah, yeah. And one, from one uh, interplanetary planetary rocket to another, SLS, um, got another second test on uh, that one that NASA had just announced. Uh, they're going to conduct a set second critical engine fire test of its uh, SLS or Space Launch System. Um, a bit of a short uh, static fire, if you like, as that one, only about a minute long. But uh, they're going for a second test. Um, what do you think the chances of that are of it still launching at the back end of this year or early next year, Miko? This year kind of starts to seem quite unlikely, but early next year, why not? They could... Uh, I, I, yeah, I think early next year is the... My money's on probably middle of next year because they'll have to do, for me, another one or two tests because it's not just the boosters, not just the, the engines. They've got it, still got to integrate it all and test it as a single unit. And obviously if they test it all as a single unit and one thing doesn't work, they're going to have to take it all back down, put it all back, back apart, assess all the different sensors and everything else. And it's Boeing. So obviously you've got to bear that in mind. Boeing not a great track record recently with uh, computer hardware and everything. We've got Starliner coming up very soon, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they've crushed some bugs and actually get Starliner to the International Space Station and its internal hopefully prove well for SLS really. Uh, yeah, like, um, uh, now that they are under tight NASA, 
as a Overwatch, I think their software is starting to get there where it should be. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have another test. Hopefully a good uh, eight-minute test, uh, the booster this time, not just a one-minute one. There, lots of good data from that. And um, just going on from another new launch vehicle, uh, Virgin Galactic have just announced this morning that they're going ahead for another test on the... The test launch window opens on the 13th, so any time after the 13th, we'll uh, see their their launch vehicle have another go. So hopefully, following on from Launcher One uh, by Virgin Orbit, hopefully they've solved their minor engine startup problem. So similar kind of vehicles, they're both air launched in a way and everything. So hopefully, they've solved the technical glitches and everything uh, associated with that. So hopefully, they're at the the launch because I'd love to see that. Uh, just get underway really because it seems been undeveloped development for quite a while really because they've test flown it and everything they've done a handful of launches one fatal failure in the past but they've managed to rectify that and everything but an exciting another exciting one coming up yeah and i think since they have already launched it quite a few times i think they pretty much know already what the problem was and did fix it quite quite easily and I also read about their plans for this year. First, they had a plan to launch about 30 times, and now they have a plan to launch only four times. So yeah, it yeah. caused a bit of a delay. Yeah, but uh, hopefully uh, everything will go smoothly sailing for them and everything. Um, is there any more news that uh, you've come across, Miko, before we wrap up here? No, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, we all do our own little bits of research. I always double check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a short and sweet one this week. Uh, not an awful lot going on this too much, but uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some good news on Starship by the end of this week. Uh, maybe another live episode, a reaction episode. Hopefully if we get a, a launch as well as uh, everyone else out there on, on the internet and everything and on YouTube. Um, so best of luck to SpaceX and uh, everyone out there. Um, thanks again for joining us this week's episode. I've been Ryan from the Space Update. And I've been Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. And a big thank you to all our Patreon mem members out there. Warhawk, Angry Astronaut, Howard Walker, Sammy Oscuro, What About It, or Felix, uh, Jigsang Spastian to the future, uh, Gaio Pagalari, Framrick, Susie, and Marco. Thank you very much, guys. And if you'd like to support uh, what we do here at Total Space Network, um, we've got the three shows, obviously the Space Update myself, you've got Miko there, uh, Deep Dive, and we also got, got Rich from Become Multiplanetary with Cargear. Um, we've got the three shows there. If you want to support what we do, everything, head over to patreon.com forward slash Total Space. And we also got our merch store set up. And so lots of great goodies up on there. If you want to grab a t-shirt, a mug, whatever you want, um, all branded up. Um, where else can you find us, Miko? Don't forget to check out our new website at totalspace.net. And you can also find us on Twitter, totalspace.net. And yeah, there's quite a bit of nice merch. For example, Miko Fan Club t-shirts and... Yeah, all the shows have merch now. If you want to become a Miko fan club member, head over to the website and get your merch now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, as, as always, uh, we're always over on Twitter. If you'd like to follow us, um, I'm always up there sharing all the latest news and everything and badgering uh, NASA and everyone, everyone else for more information. 
I've been again I've been Ryan from the Space Update. Catch you all next week.